Good morning, church. Uh, hey, good morning to the family who's streaming online. You know, my wife Kate and I, we've been streaming for most of 2020, so if you're in your pajamas, you got coffee in hand, if you're like our house, the kids are like running in front of the TV and yelling, you don't even know what I'm saying yet because it's too loud in the house, that's okay. We're, we're happy that you're here. Good morning. Um, yeah, like Mark said, it's just a really humbling experience to be standing here today, and it's just all for God's glory. God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Um, so by day, I'm a full-time engineer. I'm a husband, a father of two, and I think we've got a quick little picture of the fam. Yes, here we go. So the bossy-looking two-year-old, that's Isla, and then the little dude, that's, that's Ezra. He knocked over our Christmas tree this year, um, so he's just a wrecking ball on legs. Um, and we're going to have a third child in April. Kate's pregnant, um, and Kate and I, we love parenting, and we love kids, And one thing we do at Veritas is we serve back in the children's ministry. Um, And so I am a a teacher back there, so my normal teaching audience at Veritas looks a little bit different than it does this morning, but I wanted to just kind of bring you guys into the loop. We've got a quick video of what uh, a Sunday looks back uh, in VKids, what it looks like. I won't expect you guys to jump up and dance too. But if you do, if you want to, go for it. Um, We've got another picture too of what, we just have a lot of fun. You never know what's gonna happen when you walk into V-Kids because kids are just so like, they bring so much energy to the room and they're just fun and like a kid's vantage point on the world is just so like magical and full of adventure. Um, So they keep us on our toes for sure. But I do wanna give a plug. Veritas Kids is so much more than just childcare. Um, This is a picture, we're actually in large group right here and they're actually hearing scripture. Like we're teaching them the Bible. Um, They're learning how to worship through song, just like we do every morning. Um, They're learning how to pray. They're learning how to tithe. And God has equipped some amazing people back there in the kids' wing, and they are training our kids in godliness. Um, So if you're a young family and you're new to Veritas, please come find me after if you want to learn more about V Kids, or um, Courtney is the kids' director back there. She'd be happy to to give you some more information. Um, Like Mark said, next week we're going to start this study called Master the Restart. But today we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, and I think Jesus is going to give us some unique advice. Um, It's almost like a a new perspective for adults, and I think it's super appropriate as we head into 2021 and we get into very practically how we're going to start mastering the restart. Um, And he's going to do this by saying, we as adults actually need to act like children. So the whole theme today is we need to act like little kiddos. And who better to read the passage for us today than one of our very own members of Veritas Kids. So we've got um, Haley. Can you guys welcome her up to the stage? Mark 10, 13 through 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for such belongs to the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. 
And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Awesome. Thank you, Haley. Here you go. You want to take the mic with you, too? Thanks. Yeah, let's give her a hand. That was awesome. Thanks, Haley. So, yeah, we'll be in Mark 10. The passage will be on the screen. Um, A little bit of context setting. The passage right before this one, um, this religious elite group of Jews called the Pharisees, they actually come to test Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, you have a hard heart. Like your heart is very hard and that's why you are coming to test me. But in this passage, we see they are bringing children to Jesus. Well, who are they? They, it's just normal, everyday, flawed, messed up Judeans. Um, just normal, common people like me and like, like us this morning. Um, and we see this stark difference in the passages of hardness of heart of the Pharisees. And then these people who authentically are bringing their kiddos because they believe that Jesus can give them a blessing. And the Greek word for children here, it means just a little tiny guy, like a little infant that you're bringing home or a little toddler, like someone who can't do stuff on their own. Um, But the disciples, they shoo the children away. They're like, hey, get out of here, get out of here, right? Like, don't distract Jesus. And the passage really doesn't tell us why they're shooing the kids away. But if we think about it, there's probably at least two reasons Um, maybe they thought Jesus had more important things to be doing than hanging out with some kids, wasting his time. Or maybe they thought like children weren't going to be useful for like the ministry that Jesus was bringing into the world. Um, And before we get too deep into the passage this morning, um, I do just have a small plug for parents. If you're like me, we can have these similar feelings, right, towards our children. Like, like our children are maybe getting in the way or taking away from like our enjoyment in life or they're like a barrier almost to the things that we thought we were gonna accomplish. Like this responsibility of parenting just takes time. Um, And when it gets really hard, when you're in like the trenches of parenting, right? You can have these thoughts of just like, man, what is a, like when was the last time we had a quiet dinner or like a full night's sleep, right? Um, And you start to like, Maybe tell yourself life might be better if we didn't have this responsibility of parenting. But what does Jesus do in this passage, right? We learn that he's indignant. And I'm an engineer. I don't know big words like indignant. So I had to go to dictionary.com and look it up. And it just means like angry. Like Jesus was angry at the disciples and he overrides their decision and says, truly, I say to you. Which is like Jesus' way of saying, if you're taking notes, like underline what I'm about to say. It, like truly I say to you translates into like amen. So Jesus is getting ready to speak with a type of authority where he can like amen something before he even says it. So he's like, hey Christians, like listen up. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So let's not miss the obvious. Like Jesus just loves kids. Like just in this passage, he's like welcoming them and blessing them. He's like just delighting in the company of these like little tiny image bearers, right? Um, In the kingdom of God, there's like none that are too small, like none that are too insignificant. And parents, you might need to master the restart like me in 2021 when it comes to the parenting department. Um, You know, maybe we just need to like, like catch your breath. Like both of my kids 
were up collectively seven times in the night two nights ago. Like, <laughs> it can be really hard. And when you're in those trenches, when you're in hardships of parenting, um, you can feel like a failure really easily. But if you're in Christ, like, that is a lie. Like, don't believe that lie. You are, like, odds are, you're a great mom. Or odds are, you're a great dad. Um, so I think in 2021, let's just be prayerful that the Holy Spirit reminds us of that truth and reminds us that like our kids' salvation and all the good works that God's prepared for them, they're in much better hands than our own, right? Like that's in the hands of Jesus. And I think when you pause and think about that for a second, like some of that parental pressure can be taken off and you can remember like, hey, like I'm allowed to have fun with my kids. Like I'm allowed to just delight in my children. Um, so let's, let's transition back to, to the text. The big idea this morning, guys, is what is childlike faith? So in one corner, we've got the hardness of heart of the Pharisees, and this other corner, we've got little tiny kiddos. And it's interesting if you think about it, children see the world in such a different way than adults. Um, like to me, a cardboard box is like a chore. Like I gotta get that and take it out to the trash and take the trash out to the driveway, and it's just a whole process, right? But a box to a kid's like, a spaceship or like a, a boat or like you name it, right? Like it's anything they want it to be. Like I give Isla a shovel, like a little sand scooper, you know, and she's out in the backyard like looking for dinosaur bones. Like there's adventure and magic in the eyes of a children that we just, as adults, we're kind of boring, you know? Like we're way more boring than our children. Um, and so there's something about a child's heart that just lets them live out life in this unique way. And if you're taking notes this morning, I think Jesus is trying to tell us at least three things about a child's heart. Uh, childlike faith is a heart condition that, one, recognizes dependency, two, is teachable, and three, has big faith. Recognizing dependency, children are helpless, especially when they're like itty-bitty, right? Right? I remember uh, when we took Isla back from the hospital, like when we got discharged, um, the nurses came in, they gave us a little goodie bag, some tips and tricks, and they're like, hey, good luck. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I just get to take this child home? Like, isn't there like a competency test or like an IQ? Do I need to fill in some bubbles to like prove that I'm qualified to be a parent? You know, like it's, it was terrifying. And I didn't sleep at all that first night. And it wasn't just because Isla was up a lot like eating. It was like this crushing weight of responsibility of like, my goodness, I got to keep this little kid alive. Um, and as parents, we're in charge of managing so much about our kiddos. Like we manage their diet, their sleep, medications if they have to take meds. You know, we try to influence like their social and, and mental development. And our kids actually have very little responsibility um, when they're super small. So I think because of this, like, children just get into these rhythms of life where they're like, hey, I can trust and depend on my mom and dad. And maybe it's like little ways, like the three-year-old who can't quite reach their sippy cup, like, up on the island, so they ask their dad to grab it. Or, like, maybe it's like the eight- or nine-year-old girl who's coming home to ask her mom about boys for the first time. Like, whatever it is, um, something just gets cemented, I think, into the psyche of kiddos. Um, and they just learn, hey, I can depend on my parent. But with every point this morning, guys, there's a problem. Like, as adults, we mess this stuff up. And here's the problem with dependency. 
it turns into independency. Um, we stop asking our parents for help, right? We want to like prove that we can be a man or like prove that we've become a woman, right? And we start to like fumble and mistake our way through, through our lives alone. And we actually start to think of dependency as like a weakness. Like we think if we're self-sufficient, then the world will look at us and see like something strong almost. Um, we come to think of like dependency as this trait of like being helpless like a child. Um, and we puff up our own image as one of like self-sufficiency. And we rely on ourselves all the time. I remember when Kate and I got married, you do so many firsts, like buying a house, buying a car, paying taxes. And I had no idea how to do any of that stuff. And my wife is so wise, she would pick up the phone and call her dad and ask for help. And I hated that. <laughs> like, I hated it. <laughs> like, I just wanted to prove to her dad that I could provide for her daughter, you know? Like, we didn't need her dad, in my opinion. Um, and we, we do this all the time. Like, we hide our emotions, we hide our feelings, and we just try to, like, charge through life head first um, because we want people to think that we're strong and we want people to think that we've got it all figured out. Um, we hide our career failures, our financial troubles, um, our relational issues that we have. We hide them. But here's what Jesus, I think, is asking us this morning, and he's pointing to kids to show it. Are we a people that are truly dependent on God? Um, are we people who are daily admitting that we need God for our salvation? And the Pharisees, right, they weren't. Like, their heart was so hard. They had built up these systems of self-righteousness to where they thought, I'm such a good person. I don't need saving. Um, and in America, like the American dream is to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work really hard, and then you'll get what, you're, what you deserve, right? Well, here's the problem. Like when it comes to the gospel and the salvation of your soul, there's, there's nothing to work for. And you're not do anything good. And Paul says it like this in Ephesians 2, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And this, this word in verse 15, receive. Like kids know how to receive gifts. We just had Christmas, right? But like whether it's grandma bringing boxes of ho-hos or Twinkies or like Christmas, birthdays, you name it, right? Like kids know, they just take gifts. They just love to open gifts. And my daughter even loves to open her brother's gifts and my gifts and her mom's gifts. Um, and they just know that they don't work for them. They just take them. They just receive them gladly. And I think... God's wanting for himself a people that are able to admit that they're completely dependent on him for their salvation. And in reality, you know, children know that dependency is a good thing. Like, it leads to flourishing. Could you imagine, like, if my two-and-a-half-year-old was in charge of her meal planning, it would be breakfast, dino nugs, lunch, dino nugs, dinner, dino nugs, and some, like, Oreos mixed in between, right? Like, it would kill her over time, right? So it's not a good thing, um, it's when we admit, guys, that we need God and that apart from God, um, like we're helpless like a child, like that's when our hearts start to soften and the gospel can like be planted in our soul. Um, and I just want to extend an invitation to you this morning or to the um, people watching online. Um, if you've been trying to like earn your way into heaven or trying to like work really, really hard for God's approval, I would just encourage you, get alone with God today. Maybe when we sing worship at the end of the service or maybe at home in your quiet time, just get alone with God and tell him that you need him. Just tell him that 
you're sorry for all the ways that you've maybe misstepped. Um, tell them you're sorry. Put your faith in Jesus who has completed all the work for you. So what does daily dependence look like for someone in their 20s or 30s or 50s? Um, I think in a nutshell, it's just someone who um, acknowledges God's provision. And I think you can do this in little ways and big ways, right? Little ways like prayer before meals. What a quick and easy way to just acknowledge what God has given you in your life. Or tithing, right? Tithing's a good example. Like you're giving your money away, but you're trusting that God's going to continue to provide for your household. Um, and maybe it's like sharing the gospel with somebody that you're a close friend with and you're afraid that if you take that leap of faith, it's going to ruin your relationship with that person. But dependency looks like taking that leap of faith and trusting that God's going to give you the exact words to say. And Jesus is like our prototype for dependency, right? Like he put himself at the ultimate disadvantage on the cross, but he said, hey, not my will be done, but your will, Father. And he was dependent that God would give him the strength to go to the cross and fulfill that ministry. Paul says, like a way that we can show this dependence is like admitting our weaknesses because our weaknesses, when we admit them, actually show how strong Jesus is on our behalf. And so, church, let's just admit how flawed and messed up we are and how weak we are, um, and let's cast our anxiety onto Jesus. Um, Let's be prayerful in 2021 that God gives us a heart condition that deprioritizes worry um, and wanting this puffed-up image of self-sufficiency and just replaces it with knowledge that God's in control and that we can can trust him. Uh, Point number two, children are teachable. Man, they're like sponges. You know what I mean? Like we um, teach our kids so much. Teach them how to count. Um, we teach them how to sleep. Teach them how to go to the bathroom. Um, letters, numbers, colors, you name it, right? Like we're teaching our kiddos a lot. And like by the seventh time Isla's asked me to sing her the alphabet song, like I'm the one who doesn't want to like be interacting anymore, right? Like they are just sponges. And the cool thing about kids in my opinion is like, man, they just take, when they're little at least, they take your word at face value. Like, they don't, they don't second guess you. Um, so Kate and I serve back in the children's ministry, right? Well, a couple years ago, um, this kid, let's just call him Miles, he walks in just super confident to the, to the door, uh, through the doors of V-Kids, just like big smirk, like something's up with Miles. And I'm like, hey, good morning, Miles. And he walks in, he's like, Sean, 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 I've got a whole dollar that I'm going to give God today. And back there, we've got like this, it's like banged and dented Folgers cup, and we call it like our tithing jar. And we're just trying to like cultivate a heart of generosity in these little kiddos. But Miles walks in, and he's like, I've got a full George Washington that I'm going to put in that cup today. And he told me like six or seven times, he's like bouncing off the walls during worship. And we get through our large group teaching, and finally like the moment comes. And like, here comes Miles to the front, he reaches in his pocket, and then he reaches in his other pocket, then he checks his back pocket, then he checks his shirt pocket, and he starts bawling, just like ugly crying, just like sobbing, and he didn't have a dollar. Like either it was dropped in the parking lot, like maybe he never even had a dollar, I don't know, but this little kid was a wreck, just breaking down, and it was so cool 
Like, for two reasons. One, this little, like, six-year-old kid had been taught and learned how much joy generosity could bring. And then two, like, I got to come down to his level and be like, Miles, like, right now it doesn't really matter, like, how much you give or that you're giving. Like, God just is happy that you're joyfully wanting to give. Like, God still loves you. And he kind of, like, wiped the tears and got up. And Miles, like, skipped out of the doors of V Kids that day, like, fully confident, like, had just heard my word that God still loves him and took it at face value and just was skipping through the parking lot enjoying life. And I've met so many adults that are just unable to learn that God loves them. Like either they haven't done enough good things to merit God's love or like they've done so many bad things. It's like, how could God possibly love me? Um, When they're confronted with the truth of the gospel that it's a free gift to be received, they refuse to accept that as truth. And here's our problem with teachability, guys. Teachability turns into calloused opinions. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses would call the Israelites stiff-necked people, and that just means they are really stubborn, and we are really stubborn too. Um, You know, here in Mark, Jesus is saying, hey, Pharisees, your heart's so hard. You're coming to me with all of these presuppositions about who you expect me to be. And anything short of that, like anything short of what your opinion of what Messiah should look like, like if it's not that, then you're rejecting me. Um, And the gospel church requires that we have teachable hearts. And tis the season, right? The general election just got over. Blue or red? You know, masks, no masks. Social justice, like where do you stand on those? These are divisive times where our opinions can actually come out in really hurtful ways. And like for me, I've learned like I'm standing on hills sometimes like shouting down at the other camp. Um, But it's really just showing that like I lack the ability to be taught how to empathize with other people in my life who disagree. Um, And the gospel requires teachability because it turns worldly um, truths, I guess, like truths and quotations, it turns these things on its head. It's like You have to be taught that love and forgiveness and mercy and peace are like far superior than like money or power or influence. Like that doesn't come naturally. You have to be taught that. And like I said, children are just eager to learn. Um, You know, like, like Mark said, I was a prayer request at one point in time and I was in this carpool with Justin and I got in his car one day and I picked up a little like welcome pamphlet that we used to hand out at the doors. And I was like, hey, Justin, what's Veritas? And he's like, oh, that's my church, Veritas. Like, hey, what do you think about God? And so I told him my thoughts on God and the church. And he kind of looked at me and was like, okay, cool. Well, why do you think that? I kind of just paused. And I was like, I don't know but I know that I'm right. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea how to defend myself, but I know that I'm right. And he was just so gracious. He was like, okay, cool. Well, here's what I think. And then over the next couple of weeks, he just like off the top of his head verbally started in Genesis 1 and told me the biblical narrative through to the cross. Then he invited Kate and I into a two-on-two Bible study with him and his wife where Kate and I opened the Bible for the first time 
And guys, I was just like every week confronted with things that were the opposite of what I thought to be true, right? Um, and it was a six-month process, but like over time, God was like tearing down all these calloused opinions and just preparing my heart um, to receive the truth that the gospel is a free gift to be received. And Jesus, he's pursuing people, right, that can admit dependence and have a willingness to hear and learn the gospel. And our last point this morning, guys, is children just, they can have big faith. Man, I remember um, summer vacation growing up, I'd be out of school, my mom and dad would be at work, so they would ship me over to my grandpa's house, and he lived on this really cool farmhouse out in the country, and I'm not kidding, every single time I walked into his kitchen, like his front door opened up into his kitchen, he'd be like, hey, good morning, Shauner. Um, he was an old farmer, so he had like weird slang like that, but good morning, Shauner. Uh, do you want some chocolate pie? We've got some left over. And I'm like seven, like, yeah, give me some chocolate pie for breakfast. That's what I want. And every time, guys, I'm not kidding. Oh, we don't have any. Like he never had chocolate pie. Ever, but like every single morning, week after week, like I believed that he had chocolate pie at the ready. Um, and children, they put so much faith in their authority figures. Um, you know, it's uh, just a couple months ago, we took Isla to get her flu shot. And it's like a two and a half year old has no idea how vaccines work, right? But like she can understand, like I can come down to her level and be like, hey, sweetie, like, this is gonna hurt. Like, we gotta go to the doctor and get a shot. It's gonna hurt, but you gotta trust me. Like, this is a good thing. And like, they can get that, you know? Like, they can understand that. And adults, it's so easy to have faith if there's no leap of faith. You know what I mean? It's so easy to believe in something if there's no leap of faith. Um, and, and one of these, like, overlying, the overlying theme in the Gospel of Mark is like, who is Jesus? Like Mark 1, Jesus comes out swinging. He's casting out demons and performing miracles all within the first chapter. And you keep reading and you're like, hey man, maybe this is Messiah. Like this is who we've been waiting for, guys. But then he's arrested and he's beaten and he's killed. But you keep reading and then there's an empty tomb. And, and the, the author's like, leaving you as the reader this fork in the road. It's like, is Jesus who he says he is or is he not? And guys, here's the problem with adults. We are skeptical. We tend to only look for certainties in life and we mitigate like as much risk as we can. Um, but the ironic part really is like nothing in life is certain. I mean, look at COVID, right? There's no models that could have projected our world was gonna be turned upside down in the matter of like a month. Um, now, childlike faith is not the same as like childish faith. Like it's not wise to believe everything or to believe in everything that you hear. But there's a lot of good reasons to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. There's a lot of good evidence that the tomb was empty and that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, what I'm saying, guys, is like children have this ability, which we as adults don't, to like believe in something that they don't completely understand. Um, Paul says in Ephesians 4 that like God is incomprehensible. And what he means by that is like there's no amount of human logic that we can use to like 
reason our way to like understanding God. But here's the cool part. The gospel is simple enough for a child to get. You know what I mean? Like God's incomprehensible, but the gospel's so accessible. And it's not the amount of faith that you have at the end of the day. It's the object of your faith. And Jesus is telling us that we need to have the type of faith, like take that leap of faith and put our trust in Jesus for our salvation, um, just like a child can take leaps of faith. Um, so church, we're going we're gonna to land on something I think is just amazing. This was like one of the coolest things um, that I thought was just so neat, like when I was learning about Christianity for the first time. Um, you know, when we admit dependency and, and we allow ourselves to learn the gospel and we put our faith in Jesus, um, not only does Jesus forgive our sins, not only does he like give us righteousness, and not only does he like give us eternal life, as if it wasn't enough, right? The Bible tells us that when we put our faith in Jesus, we become children of God. Like God promises to lead, provide, and protect us as little kiddos. Um, and I'm gonna fly through some verses just to kind of like drive home the point of how littered throughout scripture this idea is. Um, John 1.12, but as many received to him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Galatians 3.26, for all of you are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.14, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, they're sons of God. Galatians 4.7, you're no longer a slave, you're a son. And this is my personal favorite one. 1 John 3.1, see what great love the father has lavished upon us, that we should become children of God. And that is what we are. Like, that's how John ends that. That is what we are. Just like so matter of fact, like full of confidence, like that is what we are. We are children of God when we have faith. And as children, what does the Father give us? Everything. He gives us everything we need. Everything to live life, to live it abundantly, and a life that leads to godliness. He gives us everything. So guys, I just want to pray us out as the worship band comes back up. But man, this was so fun. I had so much fun today. Um, so thank you guys for giving me the privilege to just get up here and open God's word as we can, we can learn together. But if you'll bow, bow your heads with me in prayer. Jesus, our Heavenly Father, help us to be children at heart. Give us this perspective. Help us be a people that are fully dependent on you for our physical and spiritual needs. A people who have hearts of good soil, ready to learn the truths of your written word and to just take it at face value. Jesus, help us be a people who are just convicted of our sin by your Holy Spirit and we can take a leap of faith and believe that Jesus is our salvation. It's in your name we pray, amen.